Are you ready to begin? I am. Hi, this is Sad Girl Syllabus, a commentary on media through the ages. Each season, we have a new syllabus to dive into. I'm Bethany. And I'm Mary. And we are two girls. Too sad. Let's jump into the syllabus. <laughs> hey, Mary. Hi, Bethany. <laughs> um, we're continuing with the scary fun. Yeah. Spooky fun. The actually scary this time around. I mean, the Blair Witch is scary, but shit got real this week. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like all my childhood nightmares came back to me. Yeah. This is oh, the first yeah. time I've ever watched Poltergeist. Oh, really? Yeah. You know what? I'm not sure if I've ever seen it all in one sitting. It's very long. Yeah. 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 Two hours or something. Yeah. It feels longer than it should be. What was surprising to me is that because I there's so much lore around it. Like I've, mm-hmm. I've known the storyline for a long time. And uh, but like it seemed like the climax occurred it was it was very much written in like three different acts I feel like right there's that big fake out yeah where like you think things are settled and then it's like just you. yeah 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 <laughs> and I was surprised that the kidnapping happened within the first like 10 minutes I didn't realize that that was a thing oh yeah I was like um kidnapping and then I was like oh I guess it is a kidnapping <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, did we watch different movies? Um, but no, it is a kidnapping. Yeah, it happens early on. And then there's like, it's just, they continue to stay at that house. Well, I guess I had to get her back. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they do. Um. <laughs> um, and the effects. Oh my God. Yeah. There's a few outdated effects in here, but it's great. Some pretty amazing practical effects too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely for sure. Face. face. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) I love it. Cause they're like, he's not going to come back. (laughs) Well, but it's also just like crazy because it goes from him, like looking in the mirror and then immediately to like a dummy version. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um yeah it's really good and it's just I don't know it it could have been that's what saves it from being extra scary because Mm. the fact that it was just made in the 80s like it could because the storyline is so freaky um like it's a really genuinely scary story and if it had been made 20 years later (laughs) like yeah they they had the ring type of special effects for that for poltergeist it would have been like really scary that's that's an excellent point because like yeah like the spirit I feel like there's a moments of the poltergeist that are very not creepy but like foreboding with the lights I think a bit to an extent but then as soon as you like see the spirits and like it it's stupid (laughs) yeah yeah but I do. And like the coffins, it. the coffins coming. Oh out of the yeah. Ground. The coffins. All it's the like skeletons. haunted house. Yeah. Yeah. Super haunted housey. That's great. Um, wait also. Okay. So clear. So poltergeist is clearly on the list for today. <laughs> so is the ring, but also 
holy shit i wanted to bring this up um on here the, i saw this is i don't know it felt really dark i really like hated this i saw this tiktok with this um it was like these three girls were dancing and they were like pov you just signed a waiver they were dancing like really joyfully and it was pov you just signed a waiver to get tortured and they were at this like haunted torture house thing and i didn't know those were a thing yeah but like and it was like pov you just got signed a waiver to get tortured they're dancing and then like there was a switch in the audio whatever like trending audio they were using and they switched the camera to be on the on the guy like a the haunted house dude who's like doing the torturing and he's like dancing and all excited and you can see like the menu of things that they do to you and it's like waterboarding what is this and so then i i hated it i hated it and i looked it up and i was like what you can like get tortured and then um and then people in the comments were like oh if you act really like a sub then they go easy on you like the more you resist the worse it is i fucking hate it (laughs) it um there's a documentary and i'm blanking on the name it might be called like haunters or something i don't remember but it is about these people who like set up their own haunted house and there's a there's some people who are you know just go all out on the effects but then it gets to this level like that dude i'm sure it's that guy in this documentary um who it is torture and like they kidnap you and waterboard you and like in the documentary you have these two guys who sign up for it and then in it are like stop yeah and it keeps going i guess it's really really fucked up from what it seemed like i guess there's like a they tell you a procedure for how to get them to stop um i'm sure that had to be implemented yeah but there's like no point like these people are getting like sick they are like you know like it's really gross and yeah they do go after you like you can't just say no you know oh i hate that because you really signed up yeah yes it's really gross yeah, because you signed a waiver, so it has to get to a. It must have to get to a really extreme point for you to. I hate that. Right, because <laughs> some of the like, I feel like some of the haunted house they featured on that. It's like, yeah, you sign a waiver because like they can touch you, you know, like maybe they can shove you or like you know really scare yeah. you and like you know yeah. the um. But this is just like this other, other level. It's That's- really weird. <laughs> Why you would want that? I yeah. don't know. I don't, I can't imagine the fact that it goes on and there's a demand enough for these to be produced is weird. Um, and yeah, oof, I don't, I don't know. There's some, I've read somewhere that it, like, there's this hypothesis that like, if you like horror movies, it, it, it either means that you like suffer from extreme anxiety <laughs> and like you need to have you need to like have the stimulation to get it out and to be scared by something to get your anxiety mm-hmm. out or you have lived a very privileged life and you like it's like two extremes um and i wonder if that applies to <laughs> going to the haunted houses and getting tortured my god Mm-mm. haunted houses are already like pretty bad these days I know. I know. I I have a very, I get like, well, I haven't been in one since I was like 17, (laughs) but I immediately just go like, 
like brain out, like yeah. I am running, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> I don't care what's happening around me. I'm going screaming, get the fuck away from me and running. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. my main mind just like blanks. I go into total like panic. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't handle them. I, I really can't. I remember one time in fifth grade though, this was a nice experience, a pleasant experience. Um, my a friend of mine had someone, some kid in my class, like, I guess his birthday was around Halloween time. And so he had like a Halloween birthday party, costume party thing. I remember they gave me best, they awarded me best costume. I was a, uh, I had one of those dog skirts, like a fifties poodle skirt, (laughs) poodle skirt girl. Anyway, uh, that was fun, but he had a haunted house thing or a portion of his like sunroom was like a haunted house that we went through and stuff. And I remember they had us like stick our hand in like a mystery box and it was like full of like grapes and spaghetti and they're like this is guts yeah. <laughs> classic <laughs> those are fun <laughs> yeah bring back the the spaghetti bowls and the peeled grapes that are eyes yeah yeah um and also recent this is pretty recent i guess last christmas ish there was at the International Folk Museum up in Santa Fe, there was a um, an exhibit for Japanese spirits and like all about, which is also ties into today's episode. Definitely. Um, and just, yeah, the whole tradition of like uh, spirits, imps, demons in Japanese lore. And they had this like haunted house type thing, this like little bit. And it was like kind of scary. Um they had these they they just had life-sized of these different types of Japanese folk creatures hmm. coming at you and popping out at you it was, <laughs> it was pretty well done and it was pretty scary <laughs> that's actually really cool yeah yeah um and yeah it, it was fun <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> folk horror uh so Again, this and so yeah, we're talking about the poltergeist and uh, just poltergeist. No, and poltergeist. The ring and the ring. Yeah. Oh well, I said the poltergeist. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I was like, I not like poltergeist there some... too. Um, I didn't watch that one. <laughs> um, and uh, and the ring. Yeah. Um, still feel like it's getting away from this like modern meets um, modern meets trad. However, um, these are moving towards stories that are creating modern day folklore. Um, there's also the wit- this way in which um, it, the tradition meets the modern day via the spirits themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like the, the past has infiltrated yeah. in some way the, the present. Yeah. Um, yeah, through, through TV. <laughs> yeah, through TV and through technology. And that's the interesting thing is that it's um, there's folklore being made around technology itself, which I think I, f- I feel like I had a bunch of thoughts that I was I was like live tweeting um, while I was watching The Ring, especially. Um, it was like a mitigation thing. I had to like take notes while I was watching The Ring because it was so scary. <laughs> to distract. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. I feel like a lot of folklore is generated through new tools all the Mm -hmm. time. Um, And I don't really know why I um, 
I don't know why I thought that. Maybe it's because <laughs> I don't I don't elaborate it in my notes here. I'm looking at them, but um, <laughs> um, but I think that I was I was probably thinking about um. So in in Japanese folklore, um, they consider spirits to be conduct like living in water and and sort of like traveling by water and so then when um uh when modern day plumbing comes to japan they they associate spirits with bathrooms because um or maybe it's the other way around maybe it's (laughs) it's it's something wait how does how what would make okay it's something about so they they associate bathrooms with evil spirits because sewage is close to the underworld. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So maybe that's why they think that spirits are conducted through water because hmm. it's close to the, d- the demons are in the underworld and the sewage is in, um, dang, I forget. I watched a documentary like years ago about this. And so anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, and so I guess that's why I maybe thought like there's a way in which all sorts of um, different technological progress infrastructures, such as sewage, like makes you think about like what is being built underground. And then you think that it's demonic and Mm. it turns into, and you get urban legends. (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause well, the ring, if anyone has forgotten is based off of, uh, Japanese, movie Ringo um that is a little more folklory in mm. in its depiction of her name's Samara in mm-hmm. in I don't remember what her name is in Ringo but um in the ring she's Samara that's and the main character or the no, little girl that's the little girl it's the little girl in the ring as well Samara is the little yeah girl. no that's sorry that's I don't remember her name in Ringo but oh, oh, oh I see, I see, I see. Um, and she's made, I think, if I'm remembering Ringu correctly, uh, the ring, she's like, I don't know, like more demonic or just fucking scarier looking, maybe, is what I, I thought at the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. But Ugh. this, yes, yeah, spirit who is in water, in a well um and is attached to water in a lot of different yeah ways but also um influences the present in incorporates herself into life and spreads her mm-hmm. her sort of evilness i guess um through vhs's and tvs yeah <laughs> again so, with the found footage the found footage like maybe if you if the vhs is unmarked don't watch it just don't watch <laughs> it you don't know what's on there leave it on you don't know what kind of demons are in there yeah well <laughs> um yeah so a quick so to follow up on that the um there's this the short synopsis is like there's a woman who um two girls are at a slumber party one dies in a really horrific way 
they and it's sort of like uh and and she it's sort of a mystery they say that her heart just stopped but what you see in the movie is is she tells her other friend that she watched this vhs at some random uh bnb in the woods and she has seven days to live she's told that she has seven days to live and then this girl in the wet in the well um like climbs out and climbs out of the tv set and then kills this little girl and her aunt is a journalist uh naomi watts naomi <laughs> so it's a naomi's like debut well she's been in Mahalan drive so like oh, yeah, these yeah. are the naomi years is what i always call them <laughs> naomi years um did you know that david lynch was approached to direct the ring turn it down no but that makes sense because it is like they go really hard on the pacific northwest in this yeah. movie even more so than the wicker man uh yeah uh, adaptation they go hard and then it became like a standard i feel like oh yeah for several years if you had a horror movie it had to be green blue <laughs> yeah even twilight <laughs> and twilight too yeah exactly where it's like this is what the pacific Northwest looks like and this is what a creepy movie looks like yeah yeah well and they chose um they chose the pacific northwest specifically because it the islands mirror the islands of japan um and and they're isolated and and things like that i think that they were gonna film in massachusetts but then they Mm -hmm. decided um then they decided on outside seattle um yeah and and like because it's so rainy all the time just like a coastal city in Japan and yeah Naomi so good what a sad girl uh (laughs) and so she is this journalist investigating she goes to this B&B and um she watches the tape and then she's told that she has seven days to live and then she and then she's kind of like afraid but she has but she's approaching a friend who turns out to be an ex-lover who is also the father of her kid it's so dramatic it is so i know it's so early 2000s dramatic like anyway (laughs) what (laughs) sorry just of the early 2000s this dude um the haircut (laughs) he looks like he can only exist in the year what 2002 when this came out yeah yeah, um, he really does. He looks like Nickelback a little bit. Yeah. I the mean, hair. I was like, there's Luke Wilson going on. There's, you know, there's just like a lot going on. The yeah. hair is, but the hair's back. I think the hair is back with maybe so the e-boys of a, a certain gen. I think I, I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Ugh. It's not um, he hair. also wears flip-flops a lot. Oh yeah. Honestly, <laughs> and then, I know a lot of people in Seattle who do that and it's like, stop. Um. <laughs> oh, um, sorry. And also, is there a moment where the little boy? I didn't go back and watch this. The little boy like encounters someone on the street when he's like walking to school, and I think it's the dad. And I think they have this moment where they look at each other, and then they just like walk on, and then it's the guy. It's Noah, who is his dad. Oh, shit. And so it's, I like, must a have weird... missed that. It's it, it, it's a completely pointless interlude. <laughs> But and so that's why I'm thinking like it's before like the little boy walks up to him and it's really before you you fully understand who Noah as a character is. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm thinking that it must be him. Just this random man. And yeah, otherwise it would just be a random dude. And like what it has to serve some purpose. 
And so I guess it's like showing that he doesn't have a relationship with his own dad. But anyway, whatever. That seems the the whole again, it's very 2000s, very early 2000s to have this weird like sexual tension, romantic drama on the side. And I don't know like why that had to be there, why everybody thought that had to like be included. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to make him invested, I guess. I don't I know. I guess. But then it's but... also like, what have you been doing? Like you guys seem <sighs> to keep in contact, but you're also acting like you've never spoken to each other for like yeah. 10 years, you know, like yeah, it's very weird. But yeah, yeah. So he yeah, Naomi starts investigating because her sister's like, you need to find out what happened. Like I saw her. Yeah, there's no way this was just like some random medical thing. I mean, and who gives her the the great details? Adam Brody. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the like five second Adam Brody cameo. Oh, it's so good. I think I texted you. I was like, I for- didn't know he was in this, or <laughs> forgot, or something, Ugh. or I was too young to know who he was when I first saw it. Yeah, Adam Brody is like, well, she watched this film at the something Pine Mountain Inn or whatever. Yeah. And like and everyone who watched it is also dead, like who <laughs> went up there with her. And I was like, I feel like this would be a bigger story media wise. if like, yeah, just random teens were just popping up dead for no, no one. No one, no one knows why. But yeah. Um, so, yeah. So she watches it and then she shows Noah and then Noah gets a call that he's got seven days to live and then weird shit starts happening where their faces don't show up on pictures it's all their faces are like weirdly blurred out um and then she goes on this like wild goose chase there's a lot of like research (laughs) which is again we've talked about like a hallmark of the horror genre there's always like this research montage of someone investigating something getting to the bottom of things I was in Naomi's case, literally the bottom of a well. Oh, um. yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly true. And uh, she makes a copy of this VHS tape. Um, I forget what her motive is to make a copy. Um, uh, I think she's like trying to. I don't know why she why she makes it. She, maybe she's trying to look at frames. I don't know. She is looking at frames because she pulls the fly out of yeah. the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And you start to see, oh, shit, there's like some uh, interdimensional traveling going on. Um, and she starts investigating this little girl, this woman who appears in the film. She investigates her. She realizes that this woman is like, um, ha- like w- bred horses on this remote island there's a lighthouse that's in the thing that's all sorts of like it's like it's so that's also another thing about early 2000s horror like it's so circular like there's all sorts of things that are just like going on and you're just you sort of are like I don't know I feel like that was just a big part of these these mystery thriller type of movies where it's like you have to really pay attention and like sort of spiral out yeah Um, (laughs) And it's like a little bit overkill. <laughs> a little bit, like but too specific in some ways. Like the yeah. horses thing, I was like, why? You know, like, yeah, a, yeah. why so much time spent on the horse? Because like kind of creepy old stables that she has to go to, I guess. And also when she's on the ferry going to that island, yeah, she, she, oh yeah, inadvertently kills this horse. Um, yeah. 
she goes, there's a horse on this ferry. She goes up to it and then it starts like, like getting really freaked out. And for whatever reason, she doesn't walk away from it. It's just like, like, just walk away. She's she's like, no, no, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's so ridiculous. And so eventually this horse gets, is loose on this ferry um, where the, on the bottom level where, where the cars are. And this, and the girl, this like horse girl wearing braces is like, daddy, my horse. Um, and the, <laughs> the horse is like running around. It's freaking out because it can sense the demon energy, I, I guess. <laughs> it was just like, there were no other animal interactions where it's like, this animal knows you're going to die. Or, you know, like it's just horses, which I was like, why? Yeah. Well, I guess there's like the whole thing with the dead horses in the video itself. Yeah. And then and Samara is the is the like killed the horses or whatever. Yeah. Or, like the horses the started dropping dead when Samara was born. So this horse jumps over a, the ferry and then it's like drowning. And then they all everybody on the ferry runs to the back of the ferry. And then there's from the propellers spews all this blood. Everybody's like screaming. So the horse got chopped up in the propeller. <laughs> that was crazy. It was. And then she arrives, never to speak of the horse incident again, but she arrives at the ferry. She meets Samara's dad. So the little girl, here's another plot hole in here. So there's in the in the video, it, there's this woman, it's this montage of images. Um, and there's this woman and she's dressed sort of like 19th century looking like she has. She looks very like late 1800s. And then Samara comes out of the well and you and and. Naomi Watts has pieced together that it's mother and daughter, but then she goes to the ferry and, and the husband of the woman, Anna Morgan and Samara, he's like still alive in present day. So like, what's with the 1800s get up that it's just such a plot hole that really bothered me. Yeah. And they have Samara wearing like this, like kind of old school nightgown and like yeah. little Mary Jane. So it, it does definitely like evoke an era in which they did not live. Um, <laughs> super weird, uh, weird motivation. And the dad is like crazy. And you find out that he put Samara in a men- mental institution. Um, you find out that the mom like sort of went crazy. And at first I thought at, like, at first it's sort of like you have this sympathy for the child because it's like, oh, Anna Morgan, the, the woman probably had like postpartum depression. And like, you start to think that it's like, dealing with those kinds of themes but then like you real but then the dad is like no like the horses started dropping dead and she was never supposed to be born and there's like a little bit of this like rosemary's baby slash omen kind of thing like oh actually this child is like the antichrist (laughs) yeah i can't remember in the gosh i think i'm confusing versions and i meant to research this beforehand but in the american one because also during this visit um Naomi Watts' character goes and talks to the psychologist who treat who lives oh, yeah. on the the doctor actually sorry she's not a psychologist doctor who treated the family who lives on the island, um, and the doctor tells them like oh Anna couldn't have a kid, mm-hmm. um, so they left the island and then they came back with a kid and told everyone it was adopted, and I guess the implication mm. being there is that they lied that they did something weird. And I, maybe it's in Ringu or maybe it's something else. And I hope I'm not mixing mm. anything up, but it is like they, 
made a deal with a spirit, you know, like, or something mm-hmm. like that to impregnate her. She had a kid and it was like, ended up being like this demon child. <laughs> but they're like, oh, yeah. she's adopted. Like, <laughs> yeah. Demon it's- children, also a favorite of early 2000s. Oh, for sure. And oh, yeah. The little kid, Naomi Watts' son, is also very creepy, very Haley Joel Osment. Okay, you say Haley Joel Osment. He does have the creepiness of Haley Joel Osment, but I was like, I was for sure that this was a Colkin. I was like, this uh, is a Colkin. He looks like a, he has the deep set eyes. Of a I know, yeah, the eyes, the eyes yeah, of the freaky eyes. Uh, this child has maybe never slept, <laughs> which actually Samara does not sleep. Um, right, <laughs> but he's not a Colkin. He's not. <laughs> I like that. Damn. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's really, really creepy. People love the creepy children. Um, also, the omen is like, you know, the kid is super freaky. Yeah, people just right. love that shit. Eat it up. The kid ends up watching the tape and Naomi Watts is like, ah, why did you do that? She's like afraid. And then they get, she also gets the call that he has seven days, whatever. Um, but then as so anyway, that and that happens prior to her going to this island. But in any case, on her final day of like being alive, um, she's this it culminates in her getting to getting to the bottom of it um and she is like accusing the father of like doing horrible things to her like why do you have her committed to a mental institution all this stuff then the dad dies by electrocution um he steps into a tub in front of naomi watts yeah naomi watts never brings it up again Uh (laughs) (laughs) um there's just it's just meant to really bring home this like wake, wake of destruction kind of thing and also he dies by water which is like a whole mm. thing a whole symbolism and electricity um, so we're yeah. bringing the tv into like he does have a yeah. tv in there yeah 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 he plugs a bunch of like tv and radios he like yeah. plugs it in while he's like in the bathtub and it's scary um but anyway so then she gets she goes into his barn and um realizes that he kept samara up in the top Oh, the horses keep her awake. That's a whole thing that the kid keeps repeating. And so she oh. like, there's a sense of like, she's killing the horses because they annoy her because she's trapped in the barn with them. And like, she has this like creepy bedroom thing in a, in the stable with the horses. I see. Yeah. But anyway, so they, again, go on this like spiral. Noah is at, is on the Island at this point. They're like on this whole thing, trying to like figure this shit out. And, uh, um, and then they get, they go back to the B&B where the tape is. It's so circuitous. It is ridiculous. Yeah. It just winding around. Like a ring. Around. Oh. oh. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> we get it now. Um, I yeah. Don't know. I don't know if that was intentional, but. <laughs> hey, I believe it. Maybe. <laughs> I believe it. Um, everything was like symbolized something everything had a meaning mm-hmm. in those in those movies um and so then they're like they pull up the floorboards at this bnb this cabin where the tape was found and then they find a well naomi watts falls down it and then she s- encounters samara's skeleton <laughs> poltergeist very poltergeist i know moment. there <laughs> are a lot of skeletons in waters in waters um in in water <laughs> in this this episode yeah um and so then 
you think that everything is fine. Also, it's sort of a fake out kind of situation. You think that everything's fine. Um, and you think that she saved herself because the sun sets on her seventh day and she like survives being in this well. And Noah is like, oh my God, like, duh. anyway. And so they are just like, she's like, I want to go home and I just want to like, whatever. She thinks that the curse is lifted. And then, um, and then the next day, which is day seven for Noah, he's in his like weird loft studio thing and yeah. he gets killed by Samara and Naomi Watts finds him. And I don't understand like if she, why she lets his girlfriend, his current girlfriend find him, like why she hides from her. I don't, is it because she like felt betrayed that I don't know. It was just weird. She's leaving the loft. She just saw Noah dead. Yeah. And then Noah's like new girlfriend is coming up to the loft. And Naomi Watts doesn't like stop her. She just like lets her find him. I have no idea other than she would not be able to explain what the fuck happened. Oh, yeah. I guess so that's just yeah. like fleeing the scene. Yeah. I guess that's true. Um, um, yeah. And then, and then she's like, well, shit, my little boy watched it. And I guess I didn't lift the curse what has to happen like what what did I do that he didn't and then she's like oh I made a copy of the tape and there's something about like this demon spirit needs to be perpetuated yeah it needs to be like shared with more people yeah. basically <sighs> yeah so she but- makes a little kid make a copy yeah oh <laughs> Naomi <laughs> and and really didn't see her in much after that Naomi? Yeah. Yeah. Not I like there's like something else. Yeah. Yeah. Where she's leading. I think she's had a, you know, she's had a tough career. It was very like successful, but yeah. It yeah. also was like started later, you know, like yeah. she's already in her mid thirties. Yeah. When she gets her first role. I mean, sorry, Naomi. Um, <laughs> one of the, the best parts of like the twist I think is when she like comes home to talk to her little boy who her little oh, yeah. boy who's like you know has some sort of emotional not emotional issues but like he's very intelligent obviously he calls her Rachel yeah like, what the f- by the first name like there's you know there's some and at the very beginning like she has to go in to see a teacher and it's like I'm concerned about your son and they're like well his you know, his cousin just died who babysat him. They were very close. And she's like, yeah, but he's been drawing these pictures of her death like a week before she died. So he's like touched. Yeah, yeah. he's touched. And he seems to have been in conversation with Samara, like Samara, like talks to him or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, And, you know, sh- she comes back after she thinks she has saved them and is like, don't worry about it. She also has been having these like very, I don't know, like sort of mothering tendencies to Samara. She seems very concerned about Samara. Yeah. Um, like if only she could, if she could reach out to Samara, she can save them kind of thing. Like yeah. emotionally connect with her, do right by her, put her to rest or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and her little, her son, who I can't remember the name of, um, <laughs> is just like, you helped her. You weren't supposed to help her. And she like yeah. rolls up the sleeve the on his out. pajamas and he has like a child's hand bruise from Samara yeah. on his arm. She's yeah. like, oh fuck, Samara is evil. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, maybe it was terrible that her mother drowned her in a well, <laughs> but, but she was a demon <laughs> and was like, I do yeah. like to hurt people. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. She does say that there's like, you know, she, she says she does it. like to hurt them. Um, yeah. So it's it's drawing this adaptation of Ringu is Ringu itself is drawing on Japanese ghost stories. And then the ring itself is also like trying to pay homage to Japanese folklore in a lot of in many different ways, such as the uniforms. <laughs> oh um like the the school I, since I watched this on Amazon they have the like trivia you know mm. on the side of the screen so I was just like scrolling through that as well <laughs> to keep myself distracted <laughs> the suspense I'm sorry. Is, the suspense is really really good I would say the for that first 10 minutes is terrifying like yeah. it is really really scary yeah <sighs> um what was really funny I was thinking about the grudge and uh which um, was just like a redo of this movie, right? Basically, yeah. But I remember that coming, it came out like right afterwards. It was like people were obsessed with Japanese horror. Yeah. And and the grudge girl is also similarly like has hair in her face kind of thing. And uh, but opens her jaw really like uh, she unhinges her jaw and she like swallows people, I guess. And at the moment that I was thinking about that, Susie yawned. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I but- am. I had the good fortune of kind of being able to look like the girl from the ring. When I was <laughs> yeah. And we would play I like every Halloween on my sister. <laughs> I know she was like the first one who saw it in my family. And like, I think she was like sleeping or something. And my brothers had me like get my hair wet and put on like a nightgown and like walk in and just say, we had it. I hadn't seen it. So I just kept. <laughs> zombie walking to her i mean i'd seen the trailer and been terrified yeah but naturally i was i zombie walked to her and kept just saying seven days seven <laughs> days did she freak out i would have been freaked out she was just like get out of my room i hate you uh- <laughs> yeah yeah i would have hated it too um glad i'm the youngest <laughs> <laughs> i mean they did equally scary things to me but I was scared yeah. about everything. So everything. <laughs> um, but this was yeah. the the movie, the horror movie of sleepovers, I feel like. Yeah, like, yeah. This was sure. like the freakiest fucking thing I'd ever seen. And it was a trailblazer in terms of, yeah, in terms of like um American adaptations of of Japanese horror. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely. People really like. I feel like Ringu is really fucked up. The original version of The Grudge is like extremely fucked up. <laughs> um, and people are like, oh shit, they take spirits really seriously. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, there's it's really, really, really symbolically dense, um, which makes it, I think that also that's why it became sort of a cult classic um, because it was just like, it, there were so many things to investigate yourself. You could feel like you were a part of, like you could feel 
and this is just my impression. I don't know if it actually like happened this way, but people, it, it makes it possible for people to like, feel like they can investigate like all the different symbolism. They can Mm. investigate like what's, um, it brings you into Japanese folklore, um, in an interesting way. And, and I really like, I, that's what I really like about it. I like all the little Easter eggs. I love, I like the symbolism of the water. I like the, I love the fact that it's like, they're taking the location very seriously to make sure that it like matches the climate and vibe of, of Japan. Um, and, and yeah, and once again, love the found footage situation. I feel like there were, they, when it was released after its theater release, um, some, some like DVD packages, like it it came with a unmarked VHS and it was the actual tape. Uh, And yeah i think also on some dvds um if you left it on after it finished and like oh if you left like the menu on too long yeah. it went to static or whatever <sighs> uh, ruined static but ruined like static also sold at polter- poltergeist yep poltergeist. i feel like people maybe forgot about static i would say also i think i would for different generations like Poltergeist and The Ring was like the freaky movie of yeah. your childhood. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think they they let static lapse and uh, it became peaceful and relaxing to listen to white noise. And right. The Ring said, no. <laughs> no, but a little girl is crawling through your TV right now. <laughs> How she kills you, I still don't really understand. Just fear. <laughs> Yeah, fear, heart stopping. Yeah, fear. But there was yeah. also blood when she killed Noah. She there was like bloody footprints. I was like, oh, I think because what? he crashes into his glass table oh. and he's like trying to get away, and so he's like, he's bleeding on glass. Shards. I see. Okay, I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing that I love about these, like this movie, that I I don't think that Poltergeist because it was released in the eighties and there wasn't like, as the technology wasn't there yet. Um, Mm. I think that there's something about like when you make the medium, the, the main character kind of thing, a message do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can do all sorts of things with, with the marketing, uh, which is the same with, with Blair witch. Yeah. And, um, and I love that. I remember like there was a, in 2020, um, people started making contagion horror films mm. um, really fast uh, and started releasing contagion horror films really, really fast. Uh, and because of the pandemic, but then some people, but then I was like, how long until someone makes some like Zoom horror movie? Yeah. And it was so fast. It, it was, was like, there was, yeah, like by 2021, you had your first thing where it was like some demon coming through Zoom. So, yeah. Um, now it's just like, it, that's just the norm now is to figure out what is creepy about the things that we use every day and then Mm -hmm. turn that into a horror film. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it, it really is though. They'd love to do it. I feel like it's like every day. Um, yeah. Should we talk about poltergeist in relation yeah, I was to say, the ring? Do, well, do you want to give a little synopsis? Yeah, sure. I would say um, so. Poltergeist 
Poltergeist <laughs> came out in 1982. Um, it is about a just an all-American family. They're moved to the suburbs. They just moved into this new house. Um, in a real estate redevelopment zone. Right. It's a little known fact, just a few blocks away from where I grew up. Um, (laughs) And it looks exactly, I mean, that house is much bigger than the house we had, but um, looks, that house is still there. Looks exactly the same. Um, Anyways. So this is mom and dad. They have three kids, older teenage daughter, a young boy and a like five-year-old girl. Immediately, the five-year-old girl is hearing things through the white static of the TV. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Um, And she's talking to it. And they're like, oh, it's just, don't worry about it. You know, she's sleep talking or sleepwalking or whatever. Um, Oh, yeah. They say that she's sleepwalking. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, and they're like, what if some accident happens? What if she falls into the pool we're digging? Right. Which, yes, of course, they're digging a pool. It is like <laughs> all of the um, tenets of like uh, moving into upper middle class yeah. um, American life yeah. that they are, they're hidden here. But, um, and then, but more things start happening. So things start moving around. Then there's a really bad storm. And like, it just gets increasingly weirder and weirder. She continues to hear voices. Um, and I mean, I'm just going to cut to it because there's just so much. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. She eventually is sucked in to another dimension. Uh, <laughs> and they can hear her only through the TV. Um, yeah. They bring in experts, experts to try to like figure out what the fuck has gone on. Um, and they're, they're told they have poltergeist. They have a poltergeist, yeah. uh, unseen spirit wreaking havoc uh in their house um then they bring in more experts uh (laughs) (laughs) another psychic medium another psychic medium who does get a hold through her and she's the daughter's like like, you have a portal right there's a portal in the house multiple portals there's all of these spirits that sort of like live in this portal world um and uh, turns out it's because the house is built on a cemetery, um, an ancient burial ground where they moved the headstones, but left all the bodies. <laughs> so very similar thing. I very, very similar themes to the ring. Yeah. This right. whole idea of like not being laid to rest and not being, being disturbed by those not being laid to rest. Right. And they're like, well there's not really a way to lay them to rest for either of them. You know, like they, they, they do not get laid to rest. They're still angry. Yeah. Um, through the psychic medium, they're able in a very confusing roundabout way. Got very confused about if they're supposed to go to the light or not go to the light. In fact, everyone gets confused, but I think she's trying to trick the spirits. Anyways, there's one, main evil spirit called the beast um (laughs) (laughs) and so it's there's so much and so basically they get the mom who is tied to a rope to go through the portal which kind of has like an in and an out in the house 
to try to grab the girl, but they have to like sort of trick the ghosts and the spirits to let the girl go because she's like sort of being surrounded by them. This somehow works. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they come out it, in goo. In pink, purple goo. Viscous. <laughs> but they're alive. Like they made it. Yeah. Um, or did they? <laughs> I was like, so they have to sell the house. They're still there. They think that they've kind of like trapped it or whatever, like kind of closed the portal. They'll be okay. Um, they don't. Uh, they did not. <laughs> the little boy's clown is still moving around. His clown yeah. dolls being real freaky. Uh, strangling the kids. Strangling the kids. Uh, meanwhile, mom is taking a bath. In her just, very 1980s bath. Oh, yeah. I was the, the interior of that house is so 80s. It's so 80s. The bath is pretty I love cool. it. Um, yeah, like a spa, like hot tub kind of bath yeah. thing. Um, I would, I'm just like, you just went through, I don't know how long that girl was trapped. The little girl was trapped in this portal dimension. I kind of can't imagine being like, bye guys like good night like don't bug me i'm taking a bath which is what she does <laughs> and the dad's like gone off like getting because the, they're moving they are moving yeah um this <laughs> they're again attacked by a spirit um all of them the in the house uh it ends up like the mom ends up in the swimming pool with corpses skeletons like rising floating floating yeah. around their coffins being open um and yeah the it, coffins popping up out of the ground and then they open up to the yeah, skeletons like, oh, oh man uh, <laughs> <laughs> so eventually they're like everyone is running out of they she like manages to save her kids from being sucked into the dimension they run out onto the street the dad shows up yeah the sister the oldest sister who has been gone the entire movie yeah the entire come, movie out of a car onto the street just starts <laughs> screaming she's um, just like what's happening what's happening <laughs> and they like just jump in the car and like zoom off as this like house explodes yeah that's and it gets sucked up into a portal yeah. into the portal right. from which it, yeah 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 the portal uh, the portal was not closed it consumes the house <laughs> and that's poltergeist and uh, and I do love at the very end they get to the motel oh, where yeah. they're staying, and uh, um and it's such a it's a classic Holiday Inn Express. It still has the neon from like the 1950s, so good. And they get in there and like you think that the credits will start rolling, but the dad like comes out and he like pushes the TV out of the room. That's <laughs> really good. It is. It's great. Um. Yeah, there's some really good moments in this movie. There's like, and this is why it's like, you know, neither of these movies are maybe folk horror, quote, unquote, you know, like totally in the genre, but I think they share really interesting parts of the genre. Yeah, um, for sure. And also this meeting like technology and modernity um, through which maybe a, a past can come into present. And I did love that like, there at the very beginning the dad is reading like a book on reagan um yeah yeah they're like super americana but also maybe like i don't know a little out there like she the mom is smoking pot like <laughs> <laughs> it, they yeah, i was that, surprised about that 
Yeah. They had their kid very, very young. So it's like, oh, is this like a recent like development into the like upper middle class that you weren't mm-hmm. at before? And I don't know. It's like really interesting to be like your suburbs are built on bodies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I also think that just um, leaning into um, leaning into the folklore itself of a, of a poltergeist um I think that Spielberg does like is really getting into that that whole like again very American spiritualist mm. thing like poltergeists really come onto the scene um in like in spiritualism like that's when they get mm. a lot of like traction and press I think that um I think that they'd been around for like these, this idea of like spirits that are not necessarily ghosts of people, but just like spirits that are like restless, that just like haunt you by annoying you basically. And like, um, (laughs) like biting you and making things levitate kind of thing. It really like becomes popular Hmm. in the 19th century. And, um, so I, I also appreciate that. I think that that is like a big, very Americana as well. Um, and and it's a, again this this like past meeting present in a in a meta way um, because yeah you have like the the next chapter of American history and American prosperity meeting with its right. like ugly past of <laughs> of being like building building these homes and building um, a civilization on top of a civilization that was already here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also such a blueprint for ho- the horror genre. I mean, like it's regarded as like the game-changing horror film um, for good reason, because then, and then the haunted house right. situation, like that, that became such a um, repeated theme where it was like, oh, a family moves into a new house and they're so excited and they can't believe that they can afford this new place and all this stuff. And then like, and there's also um, the theme of like, the woman in the family is the one who is like, who saves the day because she's like mm. in touch with the spirit realm or whatever. Um, and that's very present with the mom. Um, and yeah, I feel like it, it was a trailblazer as well for mm. just the horror genre, but then also the lore around poltergeist itself, the curse. Yeah. Poltergeist is cursed and it's very sad. sad. It, yeah. 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 Um, and I was reading again about it. And um, so the little girl, Carol Ann, um, the actress who plays her, I forget her name, but she, um, she did, was she in Poltergeist 2? I think she was, if it was not in two, she was in three. She's in, okay. I think a, a number of them. She might be in all three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the early nineties, I think um, as she gets older, she has, more and more health problems in her life and her personal life. And she, um, she died during a surgery. I think, um, she had misdiagnosed Crohn's disease Mm. and she, um, had an intestinal obstruction and she dies in surgery, um, as a young girl, it was like a nine-year-old or something. Yeah. Like quite young. Yeah. So that's weird. And then the teenager, the, the oldest sister girl, a year after it was released in like 1983, she had, again, in her personal life, she had um, this boyfriend that she broke up with and he shows up on her doorstep, like begging to let him back into her life. And then when she says no, he strangles her to death. 
Yeah. And did you know that he was convicted of voluntary manslaughter for that? And he was only sentenced to six years and oh, only yeah. served I, three like, and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, nuts. Anyway, sorry. I was reading about that during while watching the movie and I was like, I really can't because I like started to go into a rage. But um, yeah. 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 He didn't he didn't serve his full sentence. Yeah. It's it is really sad. And there's also like lots of um, I think I mentioned this earlier. Eric made me take it back. But um, <laughs> there's also lots of. Yeah. So it's like, oh, the there's a curse on this movie. Like things have gone badly for the people who worked on it. Um, and I think even the production was maybe fraught. Um, yeah. The director, Toby Hooper, who. God bless the man, gave us Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Incredible guy. Um, so this is his first big studio film because he was an independent film director. Um, it's a Spielberg script. Mm-hmm. And you can really feel kind of, I think, where the Toby Hooper and the Spielberg are like yeah. both clashing, but also sometimes yeah. working together really well. Um, so there is like this conspiracy because Toby Hooper has like addiction issues, like as a known mm. alcoholic, um, that like Spielberg had to come in and like direct, ghost direct the movie. But I, mm. I do think that's like sort of bullshit and pretty unfair because you mm. really can feel like Toby's. Yeah. Like, you know, like the, like the face. Mm-hmm. melting and like there's like some really gory horror in this that is like yeah. definitely not Spielberg yeah. and I think having that like double ending where it's like just joking like yeah yeah totally <laughs> is like definitely safe yeah exactly um but then you also have like the Spielberg classic like authoritative dad <laughs> <laughs> where I was like yeah this man and his daddy issues um <laughs> So that is also like part of the lore of like who really directed Poltergeist. Yeah. And then of course there's the big conspiracy theory that the skeletons used in the movies were real skeletons. <laughs> which I find so hard. The conspiracy is like allegedly because plastic skeletons were too expensive. How, how would a plastic skeleton be too expensive? More expensive than real human bones well is the implication that they were grave robbing i <laughs> don't know i th- i i always thought that the implication was that they were like on some sort of like black market from like body uh... donations or and like when museums shut down i might be making this up but i think i might i or like i might be misremembering from that shutter series <laughs> the shutter documentary series about cursed films um th- that it was like museums that had real human skeletons were shutting down because they were like these were museums that were like very eugenicist in origin and would have like skeletons of um of non-white people and use them to display and said like these are the serial killer bones or whatever this is like they're like you know the circumference of their head shows right 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 yeah and as those institutions were shutting down there was like this black market of skeletons but still, how would that be less expensive than plastic? I just don't, I, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe plastic was an expensive commodity in the eighties. I, I just, don't know. A pl- it's a plastic skeleton. I just feel like it, 
I love that there's like absolutely no way that that is true, but <laughs> I still love it and kind of choose to believe it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and again, it's also this, like, I think that in, in lieu of being able to do things like send a, v- send a blank VHS tape or whatever, an unmarked VHS tape out as an Easter egg in lieu of being able to like do all this weird sort of like internet marketing, like the Blair Witch Project or whatever, um, that you sort of have to, I don't know if there was like a lot of denying <laughs> from the producers or from the, from the studio because you sort of want that to generate press and get right. people excited. About so scary. Yeah. <laughs> They're here. <laughs> yeah, the iconic they're here and the mom I love it when the mom is like Caroline when you said they're here what what were you talking about (laughs) also a prototype of the creepy precocious child yes yeah and she is great she is being like you're like oh you're sweet and then you're like oh stop talking to the ghosts like they're your friends stop it uh yeah but you know I watched this after we recorded the last episode and it, I really couldn't stop thinking about what you said of the like Americans don't have ancestors. Oh yeah. They have ghosts. Yeah. And that is like in both of these movies, even though yeah. one is based on like a folklore, it is like, there is no communing with these spirits. Even when they're like in poltergeist, they're like, they're so lonely. Like there's no, there's not going to be a connection that you make that is um, peaceful it's 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 violent through and through yeah Um, because it's disturbed because the spirits are disturbed themselves and that also shows through with this like um the guy's boss the patriarch's boss is um the real estate developer who has bought up all the land who was just like oh it's fine we'll just like move the cemetery but doesn't consider moving the cemetery means to exhume the bodies and still lay them to rest he just thinks that it's just a matter of moving the headstones and that, which is again, this like very, um, very American, like just no connection. And I think that that statement comes from this idea, not only from like the idea of Puritans, like kind of getting away from ghosts because they are, because they believe in, in heaven and things like that. But like, yeah. it's also just like the idea that America is this melting pot where you're supposed to forget mm-hmm. your, you're supposed to forget your heritage of um you know wherever wherever your family came from because you're supposed to be American now kind of thing and um and so when you lose because the other thing too is that there are plenty of like uh Western European cultures that celebrate their ancestry right and so but like when you move to America the idea is like it's a melting pot we're all American we're all just like starting over and um but you don't you don't think about ancestry. And so like this person's real estate person is like, yeah, just move the headstones. That's what moving a cemetery means. And, um, which creates disturbances. Um, yeah. Hmm. Makes, makes everything haunted, haunted rather than, as you say, a communal experience. Right. Oh, poltergeist. (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for poltergeist, <laughs> the definition of it. It's interesting. It's like some variation of poltergeist folklore is found in many different cultures. 
early claims of spirits that supposedly harass and torment their victims date back to the first century. Interesting. Is poltergeist like a German word? It is. I assume. Okay. That's exactly. Geist. Uh, yeah. The etymology. The pol- word poltergeist comes from the German language words poltern to make sound and to rumble and geist ghost and spirit. Sound the ghost. Itself tra- <laughs> yeah. The term itself translates as noisy ghost, rumble uh-huh. ghost or loud spirit. Nice. Um, yeah. I also love. I loved the, oh man, Rubenstein, the, the lady who plays the oh, yeah. Yes. What's She's her name? Amazing. Zelda Rubenstein? Yeah. Something like that. Every time she shows up in a movie, I'm like, oh, this lady. Yeah. <laughs> We're in for a treat. Zelda Rubenstein. That is, that is her. She is so, she's so good. And she's like my height. She's like 4'11 or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> 4'11 represent. Um, known as an eccentric medium, Tangina Barons. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, in real life she was? Too? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she just like, she really like became that iconic. And I remember also there was a, do you remember on ABC Family, they would have like Countdown to Christmas, but they would also have 13 Nights of Halloween. Oh. And uh, um, they did they had they had like a haunted like an unsolved mysteries flavored kind of show about haunting haunted mm-hmm. places and she was the narrator oh my god perfect narrator so yeah yeah she's such a like iconic voice yeah yeah um but oh that's wonderful <laughs> um i don't i don't want to take this in another direction unless you wanted no. to say something Let's- no i don't really have much to say about this (laughs) so i'm kind of just throwing it to you um but i am just interested in like tv and like okay your tvs are receiving like at least in poltergeist right they have it on cable or whatever um receiving a frequency in the ring you're putting in a tape But there is like this, like, so there is like some sort of like different modes of communication through the Mm -hmm. TV, I think I would say both of those movies, right? But there is, I don't know, like a fear of images, a fear of of what you can't control that's being shown to you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. I I don't know. I mean, I don't have anything to say beyond that other than like, it's interesting. (laughs) Um, No, that's good because that triggers what I meant in my weird annotation when I was like what did I say that I couldn't figure out earlier when we started getting this episode where I said all iterations speak on some aspect of media and technological advances lore generated through human progress new tools for communication um that's what I meant that's exactly what I meant that I that I had forgotten earlier but like uh because there's there's also this paranormal spookiness um associated with cameras when cameras are invented. And, um, and I think I even texted this to you. It was like there, people tend to think that it's like silly or quaint when they think about like, uh, native, some native Americans in the 1800s, like feared having their picture taken because they thought that it was stealing their spirit. Um, 
And I think that people tend to, I, I think that people think that it's like a quaint thing. And I say that because, um, I don't know. And this might just be me. Like I might just be like just an uptight bitch, but a lot of times people will talk about, there's a train, a commuter train that goes from Albuquerque to Santa Fe and between the two cities, um, are several, uh, Pueblo reservations and on many of them, um, there's a certain stretch of that train journey where it's like, cause it's a very scenic train journey, train journey. It's like a very beautiful prairie desert and mountains. Um, and they make an announcement. They're like, photos are prohibited through this. We're like get, huh. going through Santo Domingo. I'm not sure if it's actually Santo Domingo, but um, there are a number of reservations where you are not permitted to take photos out of respect for the um, for the Pueblo community that is there. And people, sometimes it, it annoys me because people are like, yeah, and then you can't like, you can't take pictures. They say it with like this kind of reverence, but it's still like, they think that it's like funny. Like they're still yeah. not, taking it seriously it's just like I don't know they it it still seems like people are like play acting and they're just like oh yeah and then I didn't take any pictures because I don't know and again maybe I'm just like wound too tight but anyway I'm just like no bitch that is real like cameras probably are stealing our spirits that's why TikTok is demonic and like addictive you know like that's why social media is demonic (laughs) like oh my god and you know like yeah I mean if that's the case spirits long gone um yeah it has been taken because yeah also like I don't know like I feel like it's odd to not mistrust that stuff your photos being not to sound (laughs) conspiracy theorist but like (laughs) your photos being taken constantly without your consent all over the place yeah I'm on fucking the next door yeah every day someone on that is like I got these photos through my ring camera and it's yeah. like just someone oh walking and they're like, this person looks weird. And it's like, it's someone just walking who's wearing, you know, like it's, it's, it's nothing. Yeah. Like, who is this person on my street? And it's like, you don't own the fucking street, dude. Yeah. Stop taking pictures of people walking down a public sidewalk. What exactly. is wrong with you? Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> it has nothing to do with it's it. It's true. It's true. People's images are used against them. I'm in waiting. A state. I'm waiting for a ring camera. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some, and also not to get too conspiracy theory, but I am a full conspiracy theorist about this. I feel like it, those have probably been like suppressed because now Amazon is a media studio. I feel like probably so many scripts have been written about security cameras and Amazon is like really doing a big time spending a lot of bucks to right. Cause they want to sell that those. to the right. police and the government. Anyways, <laughs> those photos. Um, yeah, but it's, it's true. Like there was something that again, because of this, because of this tension or conflict or opposite worldview between an indigenous community, between many indigenous communities and Americans who are inventing cameras, um, native Americans understand how if you create the channel for, and not just Native Americans, obviously, but like people who are deeply connected to, um, to a longer sense of past and history and tradition, because that's the other thing about America is like America is such a baby country, a baby new country, and like doesn't really have, and again, this melting pot attitude doesn't really have a huge connection to, to anything. People mm-hmm. um, um, are quite unmoored here. 
uh, spiritually speaking. And so when you, when a community that is, that has been part of a civiliz- civilization that's been in, in, on the same continent for thousands, thousands of years, um, like they understand that if you create a channel for spiritual communication, like you're creating, you're opening up these portals. I don't know. I feel like that's, that's just a part of the, a part of the logic mm-hmm. behind like certain Native American communities that do not want their pictures to be taken. And then, and then, um, and then from the Western lens come to find out like, oh yeah, like it's a surveillance state. They <laughs> Like right. not only is it a spiritual concern, it's also like image, image making and, and pr- reproduction is, can lend itself to a surveillance state. Well, yeah. And there was this idea that like the, there should be a care with which you handle imagery, which with you, you know, tell stories like that yeah. there should be a concern and a care and a protectiveness, um, which you, you don't really see in general yeah. American culture and, today. Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, um, there's a lot of like lore or like creation myths or stories that um that are really significant to different cultures different indigenous cultures that I've encountered and again with the same um astrology and tarot teacher um has given classes on different like like herbalist classes on different um plants and talking about their creation myths and like they will specifically like stop recording and they're just like, this is just for like us in, on a zoom, mm. uh, in a, in a zoom, like classroom setting, like this is just be, to be transmitted orally. I'm not going to record this, um, kind of thing. And so I feel like that occurs a lot as well, that there is a lot of, oh. I know it kind of freaked oh. me out for a second, actually. Sorry. A <laughs> uh, cat, a Pluto has arrived in the back scene at the same time. Also kind of freaking me out is you less so, but me definitely is that it is getting darker. And like, my background is like, I'm being consumed. Into darkness. Yeah. It's, it's I'm fully keeping, dark out like, here. Yeah. Turning around. Like I'm going to see something on the zoom behind my shoulder because I did watch the ring last night and it did freak me the fuck out. Oh, hello listeners. I think my cat just meowed. Um, <laughs> into the microphone (laughs) um but uh she has things to say just like Susie um but over the mic I think that there's I think that that occurs a lot there's a lot of like stories that are just like this is spiritually potent (laughs) and like don't like don't record this because don't underestimate the power of and the, and the sort of like, um, disturbance that you could make if you replicate this, which is essentially the story of uh, the, the sort of upshot of, uh, the ring as well, yeah. is that like this demon will get you if you don't like, she is out, she is on the other extreme. She wants her thing. She wants to have as many avenues as possible to spread her evil and, um, and if you don't do, if you don't copy it, then she will, she's out to get you. Right. And it ends, you know, with them fully complicit and the kid is like, so we have to like show this to someone else. Like, oh yeah, you're basically yeah. keeping this murder train going. Mm-hmm. Um, 
also kind of reminds me of uh it follows oh yeah i never watched that but it's good yeah also set in sort of a nebulous time of like is it the 80s i don't know like but she has a cell phone you know but it's a shell cell phone anyway uh (laughs) um but a similar thing of like having to um pass pass it along to someone else yeah and i guess there's this idea of like well i don't know this is what i'm completely making up myself but like it seems like there's if there's a spirit realm and there's like the human realm if you're just passing a story a ghost story along like orally there's that it an oral history an oral tradition like becomes flawed Mm. um just the more you pass it down and the more it gets communicated from person to person, different things like change and it's an imperfect reproduction. And so things can morph, things can sort of like maintain that, like you can, you can maintain a strong tradition, but like, it can also take on like new life kind of thing with people. <laughs> Are you being haunted right now? <laughs> I mean, why am I so bright now? I'm like glowing. <laughs> this, is, this is great. Uh, in our Patreon, <laughs> talking about. Sorry, you were saying something very interesting, and I just kind of got concerned for my own spiritual well-being. Um, <laughs> um, well, I think that like when you're passing down an oral history, um, or you're passing down stories like th- as just just by telling it around a campfire kind of thing it's not a perfect reproduction every time people are adding in new details people are forgetting details things like that and the story lives but it doesn't it doesn't it's not perfectly reproduced and that's the other thing about technology like um video technology and sound recording kind of thing footage um it doesn't having a perfect reproduction means that the that the spirit or whatever the demon Mm. can like is maintained perfectly and can't Mm. like um it doesn't it doesn't shape shift or or something I don't know but that's that's just sort of like my hypothesis I don't think that that is like reflected in any kind of other culture (laughs) um no I I mean I like that and I do think that that is like I don't know there is something very interesting then about like horror movies in general and reboots <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> or oh or sequels because both of these movies have had sequels Whoa. um yeah oh my god wicker man the wicker, and the man. wicker man and yeah so like, i don't know it's like kind of like been fascinating to think about like okay well tell the story slightly differently this time yeah which is my point my reigning point with the suspiria um oh. why i got really like i like kind of cringed when people were complaining about this Suspiria remake being so different and it's just Hmm. like why would you want it to be why would you want it to be the same story again like why do you want to re like I think that people think that they want to relive like seeing a movie for the first time when they watch a reboot and it's like no you would hate that you would hate that if it, it would it would just be like watching the same movie again the whole purpose of a reboot is to fill you with the nostalgia, but then also 
but then make it, make it slightly different. And to add elements, my whole thing with Suspiria, my whole thesis is that like, um, is that it's adding elements. What was scary about Suspiria in the 1970s is not scary today. We're not as afraid of like, we're not as afraid of, of, I forget what element replaces it in the, in the contemporary version, but like home invasion kind of thing was like Mm. kind of the the like people breaking in and like and and killing you kind of thing that was what was like pretty scary that was what was scary about the 1970s version Hmm. and then in in the contemporary one what was it 2015 26 2017 I forget 2019 I don't know uh um that one was way more uh horrific because she's like getting tortured by her inner voice like by her inner critic she's Mm. like you see that that whole scene that really creepy scene where she's like being forced to dance and she's like contorting her body because she's being taken over like you it's it's more of like you don't really fear what's the external breaking in and invading your space you're fearing like your own inner demons Mm. kind of thing and that's um and and it just makes the the remake of Suspiria more interesting. And similarly, like with, um, or well, I don't know. It's less present in in the Wicker Man remake, and it's it's maybe not as present in the um in the the Ring remake. Like they are pretty faithful to their right. originals, but but, but I there's think some like changes. Cha- yeah, yeah, and those keep it interesting. People people would be bored if a reboot was exactly the same. Yeah, they tried to do that with Psycho. Um, yeah, who did? Well, that was like, I don't know, like on purpose. Um, <laughs> who was that? It's uh, what's his face? Oh, Gus Van Sant. So it was yeah, like, yeah, an art piece. I don't know. Um, <laughs> like shot for shot. <gasps> yeah. Ugh. Boring. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh, Susie is just all up in here mm. all the cats speaking of paranormal i know they're coming they heard what we were talking about <laughs> um living with cats is really scary because of the way that they like stare into corners and shit <laughs> i had this like i have these uh on my mantle in my apartment i have these electronic battery powered fake candles <laughs> in these sconces that are whatever and um just for decoration but one time I woke up and I saw this like and they have like a sort of orangish reddish glow to them the flame one night I woke up and this was like a year ago and one of them was on just and you have to you have to twist the candle to activate the battery powered light and I like how this podcast is now just ghost stories um I know (laughs) look what do you expect okay um, but you have to like physically pick up the candle and twist it to turn it on anyway. So it was just on in its sconce and I, and I like woke up and it was really freaky. Cause it like flickers like a fake candle it's supposed to be like decorative, whatever. Um, and so I woke up and I saw this like flickering red light coming from my living room. I was so freaked out. I was so freaked out. Cause it was like, it was quite bright. And, uh, and I finally like got up. I was like, oh my God, I'm not getting up. I can't check on this. But then I also couldn't sleep. 
and uh knowing that it was like just there and so then I finally like woke up and like went in and saw this one candle turned on and it happened again it happened twice um and it hasn't happened since but Susie will often meow at that candle like on the mantle and like jump up at it she fucking meows at it I hate (laughs) I (laughs) Susie Do you She's, think you have a cursed candle or like a ghost? I don't think it's cursed. I think, I think, um, this apartment building was built in 1931. So I think it's just inhabited. And that's the other thing too, that I try to be really conscious of. People also find it really crazy that I have a collection of Ouija boards in my house and they're like, why the fuck? Um, oh, I should post that on Instagram. The picture of you with my hot pink Ouija board. Oh yeah. It is a good one. I love that Ouija board. <laughs> the carrying case um uh but people are like why would you invite that shit into your house and I'm like look man I'm just trying to be cognizant of the fact that like yeah this this claim of like America has ghosts for a reason and the only way to rectify that is to just acknowledge it and cohabitate I guess because that was the other thing about my apartment in New York it was very very clearly haunted there was some crazy shit that went down at that apartment you did tell me about that yeah off the air but uh (laughs) but and and we had like we definitely had poltergeisty things like things like knives would like fall off the counter stop nope (laughs) and like me and my roommate would be able to like we would feel it when it was like like malicious kind of thing and so you know we would just have to be like okay we see you and we know that you're here and that's about all we can do for you right now. And so it's just about, I think it's just about doing that. <laughs> Sorry. As they threaten you with knives. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a ghostbuster. <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't remember, seen a ghost? Do you remember also when, when, we like low key summon Johnny Cash with my Ouija board at Pioneer. I've forgotten about that. <laughs> that was also freaky. That was freaky because yeah. she was not the story listeners is that Roseanne Cash was playing at this venue where Mary and I worked. I had a Ouija board. It was a 1970s like rare version. It was like a rare box. William Fold designed the cover. Um, found in a thrift store in Vermont. And we were playing around on it during this Rosen Cash concert in another part of the building. And just, I just said, oh, hey, uh, Johnny Cash, are you here? Your daughter is playing. Like, what's up? Nothing happened, of course. Like the planchette didn't move. Nothing happened on the actual talking board. But once I put it away, I like pack, packed it up and stuff. There was a major feedback on Roseanne's, Roseanne Cash's mic to, to a point where like she had already mic checked. This was the middle of her concert. There was no reason for her mic to just like go cold. Um, and like the windows reverberated a little bit in the building and like they yeah. had to like stop the concert for like, you know, 15 seconds or whatever to like readjust. <clears throat> and then people got mad at me for summoning ghosts. <laughs> it was a cool ghost to summon though. Of all the ghosts you could have. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Paranormal activity also relies on this whole like situation of, of security cameras and because mm. I I, th- I think about Ouija boards because I think that 
there's like a Ouija board in their house or something. I don't know. They do. He brings the husband. We have watched the paranormal activities recently. Uh, he brings one in to like talk to it. And she's like, don't fucking talk on this ghost. And he's like, I'm going to do it. And it, it does make the ghost anger. Or it's not yeah. really a ghost. It's like a demon or something. I don't know. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Hey. Well, and I think that they're talking to it in a mocking way. Of course, it's going like, right. to get fucked up anyway. He's like, come out here. Yeah, if you like, if you like do fisticuffs, spiritual fisticuffs at the ghost. I am honestly kind of like more disturbed than I was last night after watching the ring. Like, I feel like I'm. No. Like the light in here keeps changing really suddenly, but there's like not a ton of clouds. And I keep seeing the jack-o'-lantern thing that I have on my wall <laughs> in the reflection. And then like someone just, turned, I don't know. I don't know how to describe that. I can see into my neighbor's window and it's creeping me out. <laughs> That's all this is. It's I'm so- disturbed. <laughs> Bye. Like the Blair Witch Project, we just like scare ourselves into. That. <laughs> um, it's great. It's uh, the veil is thin, you know. The veil is thin. It's October, um, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I guess that's a wrap on this episode. <laughs> Mary's scared, and we're done. <laughs> Bethany told rambling ghost stories. I love this. <laughs> they did freak me out, but I love. Oh, them. one thing that I do did want to also point out, though. Sorry about. I just looked at my notes again. I feel like there was a lot of undertones in in Poltergeist specifically around like, oh, everybody has a TV in their room, mm-hmm. kind of thing, and it was like bemoaning this like presence now. And oh yeah, sort of, which goes hand in hand with this like, is can this open a spiritual portal? But like less, it feels like a the spiritual portal aspect of it is just like an excuse to say to to bemoan the ubiquitousness of tvs and like, oh yeah definitely i mean you have the husband falling asleep like the dad falling asleep yeah. to tv just kind of yeah. like oh this is happens every night kind of thing yeah and it's like and him putting the tv out wheeling the tv out of the motel is like significant also because it's just like we don't want that kind of disruption in our lives kind of thing right Anyway, okay. <laughs> Had to make that point. <laughs> um, we're still going with the technology. We got more tech coming up. I can't wait. Haven't seen either of these coming up, so I've only seen. So yeah, I think it'll be fun. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, have fun sleeping, y'all. <laughs> Commune with the spirits. Yeah in your place it's really simple you can just like have a little candle and like a shot glass of like whiskey very simple diy altar (laughs) okay now i'm like on my shit (laughs) sorry give advice you just (laughs) freaked people out freaked me out i need the advice i'll do it um okay bye (laughs) bye (laughs) did you know um There's a place on the internet where you can get exclusive access to Sad Girl Syllabus News. You can join our Sad Girls Club by signing up for our newsletter at sadgirlsyllabus.com. 
And with the newsletter, you'll see updates on new episodes, um, announcements on content and stuff, uh, extra insights, links, reading lists, resources, um, that don't make it into the podcast episodes. And when you sign up, you get a little gift from us. It's a reading list, um, a true, a, a sad girl syllabus, actual syllabus, <laughs> sad girls one one And if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash sad girl syllabus. And for five bucks a month, you can watch all of our director's cut video episodes, uh, and get bonus episodes, uh, when they come out. Uh, if you like what you hear also, please think about rating the pod on Apple podcasts, sharing this podcast with your friends. Mm. It's really the best way to support us uh, is to help spread the word. Uh, so subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram at sad girl syllabus.